Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day. Today, we have an amazing guest. He has been a small business owner since 2012, was focused his business around one thing, building deep and meaningful relationships. By doing this, he was able to sell nearly $100 million worth of real estate work in three to four days a week while taking off one to two months per year. And today, he helps other small businesses quickly stand out among the crowd build deep and substantive relationships, eliminate burnout, and take more time off, generate more referrals, increase income, and have more fun in their career. And he is the founder and CEO of the uh, Appreciation Advocate. Let's welcome Steve Buzagni. How are you doing today, Steve? So far, so good, man. Happy to be here. Uh, it's great to have you on. So, Steve, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you get started in becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, I, the way I got started with an, being an entrepreneur was, uh, I simply just found out in college that I didn't want to do accounting and I, that was the hardest part about, you know, I thought I was going to be doing that as a, as a full-time career. And it turns out after a few interviews on a few internships, I absolutely could never do it. So I, I, instead of actually going into the nine to five, doing the, you know, the, the, the cubicle life, I couldn't do it. And I, had to basically transition like the last year of my college career. And I basically, uh, it was too late because it was already senior year. So I just said, what can I do? What can I get into that doesn't require skills or a college degree that I can still get myself paid well. And that's when I got into real estate. And that's where pretty much all the entrepreneurial juices started coming out. It's like, Oh, I can do my career anyway. Any which way I want to, I can do real estate commercial. I can do it residential. I can do it investment wise. I mean, so that's basically where it all took off and, allowed me to kind of get my creativity uh i guess kind of off the ground and start take uh you know taking those next steps and being like oh this is a cool way to do things this is uh this is a cool way to do things let's try it this way and then you know you kind of have a lot more freedom freedom of schedule unlimited income the only thing is with the unlimited income part it was uh no one tells you when you first get into it that there's uh yeah there's no ceiling but there's also no floor right (laughs) so that's kind of where we're at Got it. All right. So basically, you're in college, you're going to do accounting, you realize you didn't want to do it, you want to do a nine to five. And you discovered this toward the end of your uh, senior, you know, toward your senior year. And then you want to find something where uh, you couldn't do the nine to five. Uh, but there weren't a lot of choice, but then you found real estate. And uh, real estate was something definitely uh, allows you to do a lot of different things, allows you a lot more freedom, allows you to be more creative. More yeah, and like you said, unlimited income potential, but it was also the other side is also there's also you can make very little as well. So tell me, how long did you uh you know um obviously because you know you started off in real estate, I'm sure you probably had some ups and downs because I rarely meet entrepreneurs who like, oh, as soon as they started, they made a million bucks. So you, you might start sharing some of your journey in real estate because obviously eventually you became an extremely successful real estate salesperson. So, you know, tell me, you know, share your journey in real estate and also what what were the factors that that you believe led to your success in the industry? In in real estate or yeah. before the appreciate? Okay, yeah. So for real estate, it was it actually it turns out in small business as a whole, uh, the the I guess the the pattern of being consistent is the most important part of things. And you've got to have that morning routine that 
that basically uh, has to contain money making activities. Because if you don't have the money making activities, then then obviously you're not making money. And if you're not disciplined in the routines, that's that's obviously then then you're all over the place and there's no organization and you're just kind of operating haphazardly. So for me, that was that being disciplined and organized were probably the two most important things. Cause that contrary to popular belief, I know discipline, everybody hears the word discipline and they think, Oh my God, life is so rigid and you can't do anything. And you're all locked up because of your stupid routine. And it's actually the complete opposite of that is, is when you are so disciplined with everything you're doing, it actually creates a ton of time. Like you have a massive amount of time um, out when you're not in the routine of things. And it's, it's, it's actually phenomenal. Like, it's crazy. Like I was taking like one to two months off a year. Um, I was taking, I was working like three to four days a week and, and selling at a very high level. And it was just like, wow, what a lifestyle this is. It's like crazy. But like the, when, when I got out of sync and I got off the routines, that's when things started to get slow. And it's like, oh, well, and it's not only that, not only was business slow, but uh, time was short too. So I was like, where'd all my time go? So the the dis- the daily disciplines and the money making activities are super important. No, that's some really good stuff, and I'm glad you shared it because I think uh, that's been a lot of my experiences as well. And I think for those that have been successful, and for, for those who've not been successful, they've had similar experiences. Like you talk about being consistent. Yeah, pretty much every successful person I've ever spoken to says that's one of the most important things is when they started becoming more more consistent, that's when everything changed. Everything fell into place. Um, having a morning routine, that's very important. A daily method of operation. You know, having that checklist going over the night before and once you get up in the morning, that's very important. And focusing, and this, this is also very important, focusing on money-making activities or income-producing activities because very often a lot of entrepreneurs they, instead of being productive, they're busy. They'll do a lot of things, but it's not making them any money. So it's really, they're wasting their time. So there's a, they don't understand the difference between being productive and making money and being busy. You can be busy. You can, you can scroll through social media and all these things you can read. And, and again, I'm, I'm a big believer in personal development, but if you're spending all your time reading books and you're not taking action on it, you're wasting your time. So I agree, you know, f- do the money at- making activity, especially early on in the day. I thought that was great. And be disciplined and organized. And you brought up a great point. A lot of people think if you're disciplined, it's rigid and you don't have any freedom. But as you mentioned, when you became more disciplined, more organized, you had a lot more free time, you got a lot more things on, you had more time to enjoy things. You were working three to four days a week, making a lot of sales, and you took off one to two months. When you were less disciplined, things got out of sync and everything, you know, kind of fell apart a little bit. And that happens a lot because when you're not disciplined, you're all over the place. You're distracted. You can't focus on the activities. When you try to do four or five activities at once, instead of doing them separately, you're going to be a lot less productive and things take a lot longer to get done. And you're wondering, and like you said, you're wondering, where's all the time going? People who are disciplined organized, like you said, they manage their time better and they have a lot more free time. So I hope the people that are listening to this interview are paying attention because that's really important. People have the most time, the ones that are the most disciplined, they take action and um, they just say, you know, they're consistent in everything. So that's, that's you know, that's something extremely important. Now, did you also have a mentor that helped you on your road to success? Oh, yeah, tons. I mean, I have a, a Mount Rushmore of four guys in particular who are my mentors and uh, you know, John Rowland is one of them. Um, 
Then there's Brian Buffini is the other. And then they have Dave Ramsey and Steve Harvey, believe it or not. Um, and all of these people have different mentorship. Like they all have a different reason. Uh, I have them all in my life as for different reasons. Like Brian Buffini is basically my like, my like b- overall life in general, moral direction type of guy. John Ruland is more of like a business guy. Well, Brian and John are both kind of life and business guys. Um, Steve Harvey's more of like a religion and motivation type of, of, of mentor. And then uh, and Dave Ramsey obviously is a financial mentor uh, as he is for probably millions of people. <laughs> but like, so, so but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can do anything without a mentor in, in terms of small business. Cause I, why make so much work for yourself? I mean, do it with somebody who's already doing it. I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and that's why I asked you about it because pretty much every successful person I've ever met has had a mentor. And they said it saves you a lot of time, hassle, frustration, and struggle. I mean, you could probably figure out everything, go online, it'll take you 10, 15, 20 years. With a mentor, it's going to save you so much more time. You'll, you'll learn in six months and a year. Yes, you have to invest in a mentor, but isn't it worse? Isn't it worth investing in that mentor if they're going to save you 10, 15 years and you're going to achieve success so much more quickly? And instead, you know, because a lot of reasons, a lot of times people give up because they're so frustrated, they can't figure out and they they quit because they're not seeing success. But the mentor will teach you what to do, what to avoid, because they've made the mistakes so they can help you avoid those mistakes. So I'm glad you shared it. And you also have several different mentors in different fields. So um, yeah, you 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 don't need to just have one mentor. You have several mentors in several different uh, fields and activities, and that's perfectly fine. So thanks for sharing that. So one of the things you talk about is your uh, is you built deep, meaning lasting relationships, and that's one of the reasons why you became successful. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because um, a lot of people don't understand. A lot of people just say, "Let me, I want to make the sale." but they really don't focus on the relationship. And as a result, they often lose the sale. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So when it comes to building deep relationships, my whole thing is I actually sucked at like cold calling and making sales like over the phone. And it actually destroys my soul internally um, to make cold calls and like just kind of like, and even just to call, even if it's not a cold call, maybe it's like to call someone I know, like maybe if I was just calling like, someone I went to high school with or college with somebody who knows me, likes me, trusts me. And just to call out of the blue for no reason. And then to kind of like, kind of ask him at the end of the phone call. So by the way, do you know anyone who's like uh, looking for professional gifting? Like, which is what appreciation advocate does. Or, if, you know, if we go back to my real estate days, you know, do you know anyone looking to buy or sell a house? It's like, it feels so icky and salesy. And I was just like, ah, oh, this sucks. And I hated the way it made me feel. So what I would do is, which is obviously this is kind of what led me into the appreciation advocate stuff. But I started sending gifts to my past clients and database. And then I would follow up the gift with a phone call because the call was so much easier to make uh, when I had sent the gift ahead of it. And it, and I wasn't calling then to make a, a real estate point or a, or a, any kind of sales points. It was just like, Hey, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate having you in my life or having known you for as long as I have. And I just wanted to make your day. And they were always like, oh my God, that was so nice of you. Like, I did get the gift. It came in a couple of days ago. Like, thank you for following up. Like, you're so awesome. I can't believe you did that. Like, made my whole day. And by the way, what have you been up to? Or like, how's things? Or, you know, what's going on? Like, how, yeah, of course, you're a small business owner. They're going to ask, how's business? And then it, and now it becomes a conversation that is organic. And you can tell them what you do. Or um, you can ask them for a referral. Like, you know, whatever the situation is, like, that's natural and normal. 
but it's it's a it's a massively easier conversation than hey what's going on how are you how are you blah 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 okay so what's up you know awkward silence here and there try to come up with some chit chat how's the weather not you know all this boring surface level crap um because they on the other end they're waiting to find out like okay why did he call like what's he trying to get what are they trying to get from me they're thinking that the whole time versus when you send a gift ahead of time it was like wow he was just really just being nice and just you know, just doing that. And even if you don't ask for a referral on the first call, that's fine. You can do it. Maybe if you, the purpose of what, what I do with, with the gifting company is to keep sending gifts over a period of time, like space them out. And that consistently consistency makes people think of you more often. And it's like, wow, that's really nice of them. And then eventually you can ask, like you've earned the right to ask for the referral without sounding salesy. No, that is some really good stuff there. And that it shows that you're focusing on them. You send them a gift. There's no ulterior motive. And like you said, it's easier to make a call to a previous client because like you said, a lot of times you're calling them or you're, you're having these little chit chat and they're wondering, what does he want now? But if, they send, if you get a gift and you know there's no strings attached, like you said, they're going to appreciate you more and you space out, gives you sending out over time. Uh, you're you're they're going to appreciate you more and you're, you're in their mind a lot more and this is something uh there's a guy named joe i think his name is joe gerard he was like the number one automobile salesman and he does similar things he would send constantly uh little cards throughout the year several times a year to people bought cars from it you know labor day memorial day, not just christmas and easter he would just send like several th- cards throughout the year just to you know just say i appreciate you thank you for you know your business and he wound up selling more cars than, than just about anyone in the country because he sent them uh, these little cards reminding them that he appreciated them. And and he was always on their mind. And guess what? These people would also tell their friends who, who were asking, hey, I want to buy a car. Where should I go? He said, oh, I know this guy, Joe. Boom. And I'm sure that's been your experience, too, because not only the people you've been talking to are uh, you know are more likely to buy from you again, but um, you, you ask for a referral, they're more likely to give you a referral. But also... They may think on their own, you know, um, who, who who does real estate? Oh, Steve does. Because they're thinking about you because you, you've been sending, spacing out these gifts and with no ulterior motive. So it's uh, it's a great way because the vast majority of people don't do this. They yep. only call when they want something for you. And I can tell you, I know when people call me, I'm like, what do you want? Or they're, yes. or they're messaging me on, on social media. I'm wondering, what do they want? Because I never hear from these people. But, you know, if you keep in touch with them, you're sending them these little gifts, they are so much more open. It's like, and would you think that the law of reciprocity also plays a part in this? Because, you know, when someone's giving you gifts, you kind of, like, want to reciprocate in, in kind. Do you think that plays a factor? Yeah. So, so to, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. So the, the, the thing I actually, uh, of course, with my business, the gifting business, what we do is um, the whole, everything we do is based on gratitude, except, you know, we obviously, we do gratitude for other businesses. So uh, the way I define gratitude is, so think about two people standing between like a, a split um, scale and someone pouring down water and it hits the scale and it equally hits each person on either side. When you're giving gratitude, what you're, my definition of it is the purposeful unbalancing of that scale to tilt the, the water uh, heavily onto the other person, basically give it, giving a ton to them. And uh, by doing that, 
the this is where what you just brought up the law of reciprocity takes place is they they need to balance the scale internally the human being wants to a human being wants to rebalance the scale now and then kind of where the law of reciprocity and the, the law of reaping and sowing um and even like karma itself this is where this takes over and what will happen is the other person will oh, most of the time overcorrect, and then they'll like basically dump the whole scale on you and then and obviously that's not why you do this. You do gratitude because you want to, and it's an internal uh, motive to give. Uh, it just so happens that the reward for gratitude when it's genuine is so much higher than anything else you can do for your business when it comes to marketing. It's just a lot of people don't want to put the effort in. So they'll just go you know, buy a marketing campaign or they'll buy a direct mail or they'll buy some sleazy you know, sales campaign that'll tell you they can give you 20 million leads a month or something like that. Yeah. And you brought up the point at the end, most people don't want to put in the time and the effort. Uh, it seems like a lot of people love the idea of success, but they don't want to do what is required to achieve the success. So you yeah, know, you have the gratitude. You say you do it not because there's a selfish motive, but good things happen as a result because they want to you know, make things equal again and they want to compensate oftentimes they'll overcompensate so yeah gratitude giving to people all the most successful people i ever met said they they give to people they share lots of value and the more value you give to people the more they want to give back to you so if you're cheap with everything if you don't give gifts if you don't share value if you don't you know share good content you won't be as attracted to people, but the, the ones who share the most content, look at the most successful people. Look at the Tony Robbins or Gary Vaynerchuk. They're sharing tons of content all the time on social media, videos galore. They'll do free events online. Um, and then, you know, once people, they, the three-day event, they're getting all these great nuggets and then they, they do a, a paid event. Guess what? A lot of people are going to sign up for it because they love all the free value that they got from these people. So this thing is very powerful. Put in the time and the effort share generously with people and have a lot of gratitude. And, you know, you yeah. brought up the appreciation advocate. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, so we're, uh, you're, you're epic with the timing with these questions. So it's funny. Uh, so like, just as we were saying uh, that nobody wants to do the work, like that's literally why I built appreciation advocate is because we do the gifting for other companies now. So they, they don't have to do the work now. They just hire us and we'll do it for them. <laughs> So basically, that's what the impetus was for starting the company uh, is because no, nobody wants to show, put the work in. Everyone wants to show gratitude, but no one wants to put the work in to deliver it. Um, so that's why we just do it for them. So that's basically it in a nutshell is we use gift giving to generate referrals for small businesses. That is what Appreciation Advocate is in one sentence. Got it. And um you know, there, there, I'm sure there are other gifting companies. So, is, is that one of the things that differentiates your company from others? Like, you do it from, uh, you do it for them. Are there other things that you do as well with the appreciation? Yeah, a lot of, yeah, ours is highly custom, highly, highly custom. Like, you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with us. Versus, like, a lot of gifting companies are, they're going to be one of two things. They're going to be one. One of them is going to be they're going to cost a fortune. They're going to cost ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year, uh, just for the consulting fee. Uh, before you even buy a gift. Uh, which that's obviously not what we charge. We're we're the small business uh, company, so we're very small business friendly. Like our our three ideal customers are mom and pop, average Joe, and the solo printer. So obviously, mom and pop and average Joe don't typically show up for a twenty thousand dollar consulting fee. 
So what we do is, you know, we make our prices extremely affordable. Like, like some people will actually are like, wow, that's it. Like that's how low they are. Um, so that's the other thing. That's one thing. The other thing, another, the other end of the spectrum is the gifting company will be extremely generic, like super generic where they'll just, all the gifts that you can buy are like boxes of lotion and candles and they all look fantastic in a box as a present, but their actual use and and effect on the recipient are completely useless. Like, okay, cool, here's some candles and lotion. And it looks nice in a box and it looks fantastic wrapped and it looks all real fancy and nice, but it like it's actual use and the, like it's it's not really something that makes someone think of you. It's not something that like really tugs on someone's emotional heartstrings or anything like that. It's not something that if you were at gunpoint and you had to give up this gift, they would absolutely say, yeah, here, take it. I don't want this stupid thing. <laughs> like the, they would say, yeah, take it. I don't need it. Like it's, it's a completely useless gift otherwise. So like, or, or they give people brownies. Like that's another thing. They'll just send them brownies or cookies or something like that in these gifting packages. And it's like, that's fine. It's great. And you know what? They're probably fantastic. They probably taste awesome. The only problem is they make one impression and we as marketers, we don't want one impression. Because one impression makes you a fart in the wind. <laughs> and that's, you know, we don't want to be that. We rather, we want to make impression after impression after impression and develop a mental relationship with these people uh, and be top of mind, not sub, not in the subconscious mind. Because top people who are top of mind get business. People who are subconscious mind don't. <laughs> it's pretty much that simple. No, I totally agree. You definitely want to make an impression. You want to be on top of their mind. And uh, yeah, you want to touch their heart, you want to touch their emotions. And yeah, so avoiding being totally generic, which is what uh, other companies seem to do. And you help them, you know, don't give them that huge consulting feel like other companies do. So definitely a lot of good value there that they're getting from you. Uh, next thing I want to ask is, um, for those that are, you know, starting their business right now, what are some ways they can start implementing gratitude in their business to help grow their business? Sure. I mean, if you want to go like super cost effective, you just write personal notes. I'd be completely honest with you. Handwritten personal notes to people. That's a fantastic way to get you get remembered. Um, anything you can do to personalize the experience, whatever you're doing. So like, I don't know if like if you were a car dealer, what you would a really cool way to really step it up and you're just getting a bit started with your business or something like that or a car salesman or something like that. Like whenever your clients come in to get their car serviced, vacuum their car for them. Like that's an unexpected, deliver on the unexpected extras. Or maybe every 10th car you service, fill their gas tank up. Or um, I, you, you can do this with employees too. Like, I mean, you can do stuff with employees. You can obviously, there's a lot of people who pay for their gym memberships. They can uh, have their house clean for them. Uh, whatever, you, whatever, basically go the extra mile and do those unexpected extras. So like I said, the personal notes are really good. Stay consistent, like we talked about earlier. So be consistent in in your delivery, whatever it is. If you go with the personal notes, maybe maybe you don't even want to write notes. Maybe your handwriting sucks. Uh, send them a video text message instead. Make it personal. Uh, take whatever you can do to take it take it onto that extra mile. Because I don't know who said the quote. And I just know that I, I know it's a very great quote. Is it's the road is never busy. Or, there's no traffic on the extra mile. And I don't know who said that, but it's a great quote. And so if you can go the extra mile and do the unexpected extras, that's, I think about whatever business you're in and think, what can I do that's next level? What can I do that's extra? What can I do that's 
that will make this experience for my client or my customer or who, or my business partner or whatever, or my employees extra special. Yeah, no, I agree. There is no traffic on the extra mile. Doing that little extra stuff will dis- differentiate you from everyone else. And most people don't make that effort. So, uh, and personalizing notes. I know I ordered once a CD from some guy. He's a big guru in an industry. And when he sent me the CD, he wrote me a little personal. Hope you enjoyed this. And it, I could tell he wrote the note. It was written in pen. And it made a difference in me, to me. I was like, wow, he took the time to write me a little note. So it does make a difference. I could tell you that. When I read that note, I was like, wow, this guy's made eight figures. And he took the time to write me a note for a CD that cost 12 bucks. It's not like I gave him $5,000. I gave him 12 bucks and he still wrote me a note. And I always remember that. So definitely yeah. Yeah, personalized. Like you say, you're servicing cars. You know, vacuum the car for free. A little thing like that. Do the little extra unexpected things. People know that. Uh, customers, like you said, the employees, do those little extra things. I think I think that is really a, a, a great idea. I think oh, yeah. you, I think if you implement it, if people know it's like, wow, it was, especially when they don't expect it. Yeah, it, you, you, know, you send a video message to, to them, or especially if personalized, you video birthday message, something like that, you know, saying, you know, you, you, so I, when people send me video messages, happy birthday, Victor, it's great. It's different than when they send a generic happy birthday. Sometimes people send a generic one. They send it to all their friends, the same message to everyone. But when, when they do a, a, a specific one saying happy birthday, Victor, I'm like, wow, that really, uh, that really hits me. Like they personalized the video for me. They took the time to personalize the message. So you do a personalized video to someone, they will definitely appreciate it because like you said, most people are not doing this. So this is some really great stuff, Steve. So just one final question I want to ask before we, we end. And for those that are getting started and being an entrepreneur, um, what would you recommend that they do when they get started? Because, you know, because a lot of times when you get started, you don't know what to expect. You think this is going to happen. And very often the journey is totally different. So how should they prepare for, say, their first year of entrepreneurship? You know, what to expect, what they should do, what they should avoid? Uh, yeah, for sure. So um, the best, the first thing you want to do is uh, s- establish a routine. You've got to be able to establish a routine and operate within a structure for sure. Uh, and then once you get that, another great quote, I I was from one of my mentors is when your values are clear, your decisions are easy. So you've also, once you've got your structure built out, uh, how your morning routine is going to operate, you know, pick a time you're going to wake up, wake up at that time every day, pick a time that you're going to do all of your administrative tasks, whatever it is, do it. When you're going to do your appointments, do it at those, the same, try to do them at the same time every day. And then once you've got that structure built out, uh, set your goals. What do you want to do? What are you trying to achieve financially? What are you trying to see achieve uh, personally? Uh, and don't go crazy with the goals. You don't need a, lo- a laundry list of 20 million things. Uh, a great book to read on goal setting is the 12 week year. I think that's a, probably the best book on goal writing I've ever read uh, by Brian Moran. That's a great book. So uh so build your structure, uh, set your goals. Uh, and then I, I get that point. Then it's really just, now you just have to establish the tactics as to what, and then build out what, I guess even before you even do that, when it comes to establishing tactics inside those tactics, build into the, those tactics, uh, in terms of execution, what the extra mile, how can we implement the extra mile in, into these tactics? Uh, when it, because your goals will, you will achieve your goals much faster if you take an extra, if you run the extra mile every day. Think about that. I mean, like you run, you know, if someone's running three miles a day for five days a week, you're going to run 15 miles. You know, if you run that extra mile every day, you're going to run 18 miles a week. 
instead of 15. So you will arrive and then you compound that over a year, you will arrive much, much quicker. So find out how can you build the extra mile into your goals? Uh, Definitely some great stuff there. I love it. Establish a routine. And I love the quote, when your values are clear, decisions are easy. I love that. That is awesome. And do this task. Do the success same time every day. Set your goals. And I've heard of the book, The 12-Week Year by Brian Moore. I've never read it. I'm, I'm going to order it now. Thanks for reminding me phenom- of that. Ph- phenomenal book, man. You'll love yeah. it. Yeah, and definitely implement the extra mile every day. And and you mentioned the compound effect. Those little extra things, you know, you may not see a, a big result in two or three weeks. But like you said, over the course of six months, a year, two years, you're going to see a huge compound effect in your business. So go that extra mile, it'll compound big time. So, Steve, yeah, let's change your life. Yeah, definitely. Steve, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on. You shared a lot of great value, a lot of great tips and a lot of great wisdom. So again, thanks for being on the show. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? You could just send me an email. I actually, uh, I do check my email multiple times a day. So just <laughs> send me, it's not going to some robot or anything. Just send me an email at steve at appreciationadvocate.com. And then, uh, you know, obviously I'll get in touch with you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again, Steve. Have yourself an amazing day. You too, Victor. Thanks for having me. It's been a great conversation. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.